I'm Brett Chang. And I'm Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Tuesday, September 7th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Jay, how was your Labor Day weekend? Well, I spent most of the time putting away my white pants, uh, but also school starting this week. We're looking to see how that impacts COVID. And Shana Tova to you, Brett Chang. Shana Tova to you. For those not aware, this week is Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year. So Happy New Year to all of those celebrating. Brett, what do we have for the Peak Gang today? For our first story, the Americans are coming, but sadly, not as many as we'd like. For our second story, Olivia Rodrigo is finally paying up. And for our last story, surprise, foreign buyers are driving up the cost of Canadian homes. For our first story, we're not welcoming as many Americans into Canada as we'd like. Brett, what context do our readers need about the U.S. border right now? Okay, here's the background. Canada's land border with the U.S. opened on August 9th for non-essential travel, but the land border from Canada to the U.S. is still closed for Canadian citizens. Thanks to Joe Biden. And Jay, as our resident American, what's the reception been like to the border reopening? Well, Brett, my fellow Americans are not as excited as we'd hoped they'd be to cross into Canada. The number of Americans who'd entered Canada during the first week of its reopening doubled from the week before, but it still represents a quarter of visitors we'd expect from the U.S. One of the reasons why uptake has been so slow is that there are still strict requirements to enter Canada from the U.S. U.S. citizens need to be fully vaccinated, They must be two weeks from their last vaccination, must have a negative COVID-19 test to present to border officials and file information with the Canadian government through the Arrive Can app, aka it's not worth the hassle for a bunch of people, especially if you're just trying to do a spontaneous trip to Niagara Falls. Jay, why should Peak Pals care about our neighbors to the south? Well, in non-COVID times, tourism accounts for nearly 3% of Canada's GDP. So the fact visitors that are crossing over are a much-needed relief for Canadian businesses along the world's largest land border, and we'd like to see more of it. For our second story, good for you singer and songwriter Olivia Rodrigo paid out millions in royalties to artists that she drew inspiration from. Jay, you've got kids. Who's Olivia Rodrigo? Okay, hold tight because I'm a little bit of a fanboy. First, you should know that she is one of the stars in high school musical, The Musical, The Series. That is the real name of a real television show that I've watched in real life. Olivia Rodrigo is a pop star whose rise to fame began in January when she released her debut single, Driver's License. But if you want to check it out, I recommend Jealousy, Jealousy or Deja Vu, my personal favorites. Fans pointed out some of her songs in her album, Sour, were inspired by Paramore's Haley Williams and Joshua Farrow and others by Taylor Swift. After the release of the album, she retroactively credited them on her album for inspiring the songs. And now all of them are getting paid. In total, Olivia Rodrigo has made over $2.4 million in royalties from all of her work, and now she'll be paying Pharaoh and Williams $1.2 million in royalties, and Taylor Swift will receive around $325,000 for another song. Jay, why should we care about how similar Good For You is to Misery Business? Well, Brett, these royalties show there's apparently a price to pay for artists that toe the line between inspiration and imitation in the music industry. And Rodrigo went the way of paying the piper rather than defending herself in lawsuits. In case you haven't already noticed, for our third story, a previously hidden report tells us that foreign buyers were and expected continue to drive up housing prices in Canada. Jay, what's up with this report? Well, the CRA's report, which dates back to 1996, studied housing in Burnaby, B.C., and found that 33 out of 46 homes in the community were bought by newcomers who had a total income of, get this, $16,000. Definitely not enough money to buy a home in Burnaby. However, their neighbors had much higher incomes, which the report indicates they could have been hiding their other foreign assets. Oh, you think? 
And it's not just Burnaby. The report also finds a similar pattern of people reporting low incomes but purchasing very expensive homes in Vancouver, Richmond, and Coquitlam, British Columbia. So Jay, why should Peak Pals care about the CRA report? Well, experts told The Globe that had the CRA released the report earlier, the feds could have cracked down on foreigners that have contributed to the rising, some say skyrocketing, cost of living here in Canada. And we've talked about it a number of times over the past few weeks. And it's a hot button issue on the campaign trail. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to and only daily Canadian business news podcast in the country. If you've got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review? And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. As always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for producing this episode. Thank you, Dale. And thank you, Brett. And put those pants away, sir. Have a great day.